Season 1, Episode 63, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. Jesus heals the man born blind. All right, so that's, uh, this is kind of a unique chapter in the fact that it's just got one story. Uh, John chapter 3, for example, has Jesus and Nicodemus, and then you got the snake story thrown in there from Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. And then you've got uh, the last, uh, or the testimony of, of John the Baptist at the end of John chapter 3. All right, so, but this one is all about one story. And it's uh, Jesus heals again on the Sabbath, which he did a year earlier when he was at the the pilgrimage feast, the feast that require you to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And so he's there. um, And he's not hiding. And uh, they are seeking to kill him. The Pharisees, the guys in charge, um, and even some of them, at least at least uh, Nicodemus has come come to the Lord. So in every group, there's there's those that believe and those that don't. All right, so we're just going to start in John chapter nine, verse one. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from birth. And Jesus' disciples asked Jesus, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now this is a, a mistake that that I, well, his disciples made because that's what they were taught. And even though they'd been with Christ now for three years, um, they're still got things to learn. And uh, Jesus answers and said, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Um, I was in a really bad motorcycle accident. Nobody suggested that that was uh, because I was such a terrible person. Um, It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. I, I talked to people. I talked to somebody on the phone today, called called uh, a computer outlet and, and talked to somebody, and uh, and I said, hey, by the way, don't ride a motorcycle in the dark. And a lot of these phone people are happy to to to, to talk to somebody that. And I I don't I try not to waste their time, but well, not that I'd be wasting their time and talking to them about the Lord, but they they all seem very happy to hear what I have to say. But anyway, I, I, to make it short, I say, uh, don't ride a motorcycle in the dark. Three and a half year, three and a half years ago, I was riding my motorcycle to school, taught in the same classroom for 30, 31 years. And um, this lady pulled out in front of me, hit the side of her vehicle at, at 40 miles an hour. Uh, she had a stop sign, I did not. I was on a four-lane road, and uh, I don't remember anything. She was charged with the accident. I woke up in the ambulance. If I hadn't been, if I hadn't woke up in the ambulance, I would have woke up in heaven. Not because I'm good, but because Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all my sins. So I have turned this around, 
I, I retired from teaching. Um, part of it was because I, I needed to heal and, uh, and I couldn't argue with that. And now I'm still teaching. I'm so excited to be making these podcasts. This is my 63rd podcast since the middle of October. So, so like three and a half months. Um, but I'm not cranking them out as fast as I did before because I was going over memorized scriptures and, and those I had really thought a lot about. Now I'm just teaching books of the Bible. I started with the book of John, although I think I did James already, chapters one through five. So this is my second book of the Bible. Um, anyway, so uh, Jesus answered and said their question about who sent him or his parents. Neither this man has sinned nor his parents, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, Jesus said, while it is day. The night cometh when no man worketh. Well, I think Jesus is doing what he does all the time. And that's, he jumps over the church age because he is really about Israel. And the 70th week of Daniel comes after the rapture. And it's going to be very difficult to work when the Holy Spirit is taken out. And um, that's when I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when, the Holy, when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, you could say that he left the world when he uh, led captivity captive and, and uh, emptied out paradise and took him to heaven with him. And now the dead are absent body, the dead in Christ are absent body present with the Lord. The dead not in Christ are absent from body and absent from the Lord in a place called hell, the, the hell side of Sheol. But read Luke 16 if you're interested in learning about Sheol. Okay, so um, so anyway, that's what Christ is. It does a lot, and he jumps over that. And, and there won't be any new scripture. If the rapture happened today, there's not going to be new books of the Bible written. So I think they're going to go, and that's one of the reasons I'm doing the book of John, because I... I believe in imminence, and it could happen today. It could happen 100 years from now. I don't know when it's going to happen. The, the apostles thought it was going to happen in their lifetimes. They were always talking about the rapture. Paul was, uh, read First and Second Thessalonians if you got questions about the rapture. Uh, John chapter 9, verse 6, or verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of his spittle. So the the disciples draw his attention to this beggar, and so he he talks to, he teaches his disciples, and I think the future people of the the tribulation. Um, but it, it, uh, he he makes uh, mud cakes, I guess. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the on the ground, and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. Now I'm thinking, you know, why would he do this? He, he, a lot of times he just healed people with his words. Uh, this, the only one that I know he did like this, but it could have bought him some time to, to get away because he is a hunted man 
and this is a Sabbath, as we'll see in verse 14. And um, so he, uh, you know, he's going to send this guy off to the Pool of Siloam, and he's going to wash. I think the Pool of Siloam is the same one where he healed the guy a year earlier on the Sabbath. So he's, he's itching for a fight, but uh, and he wins, even though he's crucified, he still wins. And so do we. And so does everyone that believes in him. But uh, when he had spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And Jesus said unto the blind man, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. I picture this as kind of, you know, a, a clay you can't see through. Your eyes are closed, obviously. you got clay uh, covering him. And he's going to wash the clay off. And uh, I guess, you know, he doesn't have to worry. He's been getting around for his whole life without being able to see. So he can find the pool of Siloam. Uh, and uh, Jesus said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which, is in, which by interpretation is sent. So the, the Hebrew word Siloam means sent, which of course Jesus was. And he went his way, therefore, and washed in the pool of Siloam, and came, came seeing, came back, I guess. Uh, and the neighbors, therefore, said, they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? They knew him. I have a, I, I've only had one friend in my life that was blind. I met him in, in Bible college. I've talked about him before. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing with him in heaven. But uh, anyway, um, so the neighbors, therefore, said that had seen him that he was blind said is not this he that sat and begged and some said this is he and others said he is like him but he said what did the blind man say the former blind man say I am he, he said I am uh, Jesus said that a lot but uh, the word he in the King James is added because it's in italics. But anyway, uh, Joshua 9.10 Therefore said they unto the blind man, How were thine eyes opened? What Jesus did, I would assume, was kind of private. I mean, his disciples obviously saw it. But I don't think it was done on a platform in front of everybody. I don't think it was done loudly. It was done in kind of an unusual way that, you know, the guy wasn't screaming and yelling, I can see, I can see, because he had to go to the pool and wash it off. And then he came probably pretty quick, now being able to see. I'll ask him when I get to heaven if he had 20-20, but uh, I, bet he, I bet he saw pretty good. Um, and uh, therefore... Okay, some said, this is he, and the others said, it is like him, and he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes opened? Tell us the story. 
And he said, and he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus. So again, Jesus is, he's in his third year of ministry, the end of his third year of ministry, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right. That that uh, he's he's got, you know, maybe a little over a week to live before he's crucified. Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is Jesus? And he said, I know not. I think he came back to see Jesus, but Jesus was gone. They brought him to the Pharisees. Okay, so again, there are believers and unbelievers in every group. I would think that these are unbelievers. Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Let's see what the Pharisees have to say about that. So they brought him that aforetime was blind. Verse 14. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Round two. They wanted to kill him a year ago when he healed on the Sabbath. And they're going to accomplish their task. And thank you. Giving thanks, Father, that you have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints and light who have delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of your dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Thank you for the shed blood of your Son for our sins. That's a prayer that Paul prayed um, for the Colossians. Uh, we did, uh, I just, I kind of personalize I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding to walk worthy of you unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work increasing in the knowledge of you strengthened with all might according to your glorious power with patience long suffering and joyfulness giving thanks to you Father for your son's death on the cross for our sins giving thanks to you Father who hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints and light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us in the kingdom of your dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. Paul in Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through 14 prayed, said he prayed it daily for the Colossians because they were on fire for the Lord. Okay. Um, okay, well the, Sabbath, the Pharisees are not happy. Then again, Pharisees. Okay. And verse fourteen, and it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight, and he said unto them, Jesus put clay upon my eyes, and I washed, and I, and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. There is a division between you and I, friends. If you don't believe that salvation is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, if you believe you can work your way to heaven, or I would argue that you're not trusting Christ, you've got to repent of your dead works and put your faith in the God of John 3.16. At least that's the way I like to say it. And uh, Hebrews 6.1. Okay. Um, 
It's pretty simple, I believed, uh, which we're going to get to. Um, therefore, some of the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees, th therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath days. Others said, how can a man be a sinner doeth do such miracles? And there was division among them. And they, they say unto the blind man, again, what sayest thou of him? that he hath opened thine eyes. And he said, he is a prophet. That's what I have to say about him. And the Jews said, and the Jews, but the Jews did not believe concerning him. The, the Pharisees, I would argue, some of the Pharisees did not believe him. The man that said what had happened. In fact, they don't, it's not that they don't believe in Christ, it's that they don't, in the context here of verse 18, they don't believe that the guy was blind. Because that is a notable miracle. The other guy was crippled a year ago. This guy is blind. And he said, and he had been, and the Pharisees did not believe the man that was blind, that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the man's parents the man that had received his sight. Verse 19. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? And his parents answered and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. I think you would know a blind son even better than you'd know one that grew up and moved away or whatever. Uh, they've taken care of this son his whole life. By what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. They, I don't think they were there when he was made whole. But it's going to say they have another reason not to talk. But he is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews, the Pharisees had agreed already that if any man confessed that, he, that Jesus was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. And um, I'm surprised it used the word synagogue and not temple here, but is this a small town? Where's, where are they at exactly? Anyway, um, note to self. Uh, think about that. Meditate on that. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. And again, the Pharisees, again, called the Pharisees the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God praise. We know that this man is a sinner. We know that Jesus is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether Je Jesus be a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already, you did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Then, then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. Same thing they said a year ago. 
we know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Same argument they made a year ago. From Nazareth, from Galilee, what? That's born in Bethlehem. The man answered and said unto them, and I love this man's eloquence here. This is just so amazing. Um, if you go through the tribulation, then you, I, I hope you can speak to your accusers with such eloquence. Why herein is a marvelous, why herein is a marvelous thing, that you know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? Now, I'm questioning myself that I'll have to think about is, you know, I've a lot of prophets, a lot of miracles. There's only three times of a lot of miracles done. Time of Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha, and Jesus and the apostles. Of those three times, we're not even at the point of the, really the disciples' miracles yet, but or his apostles, but but of those of, of Moses and Elijah, uh, Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha, no blind man ever received. I don't know. I mean, I've taught the historical books. I, I, I'm, is this guy right here? That 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 this miracle was saved for Jesus alone. Anyway, um, since the world began, verse thirty-two, since the world began, it. Was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Then answered, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sin. So they're going to go back to the same mistake that the disciples made, because they had taught the disciples and all the Jews that you know if you have a, a physical disability that did you know sin on the part of somebody in your family or whatever. Um, and they cast him out of the synagogue. So uh, where did exactly this take place? I'm not sure. There was a lot of, you know, Bethel was not far from Jerusalem. There are towns just outside of Jerusalem, suburbs, if you will. Jesus heard that they had cast him. And a lot of times he didn't stay the night in Jerusalem. He was there just during the day and he would go back to Bethel or somewhere else. But... Um, Jesus heard that they had cast him out of the synagogue. And when Jesus had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? There's a great question. I would answer that, yes, I do, and have for 48 years. I put my faith in Christ when I repented of my dead works and realized it was a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Can't brag about a gift. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, he had me, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I, I got saved. That's my testimony. You're not welcome to have it. You're going to have to have your own testimony. But that's what happened to me. All right, so um, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. When he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And I really like that preposition on. Because, anyway, I just like it. 
I'm trusting this chair right now. I'm on it. It's holding me up. But uh, it's the object of our faith. Not how much faith we have, but if it's on Jesus Christ, if it's on the Son of God, then you're golden. It's the object of your faith. You know, God, I believe, help thou my unbelief. A man prayed one time when Jesus asked him to heal his son. And his son was healed. If you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. I believe that was pointed at Israel. They could have moved a thousand year or two thousand year uh, church age if they received Christ as Savior. The mountain would have been the, the age of, of the church, which was the mystery of the Old Testament. Anyway, not really an object of prophecy. The Jews had no use for, for, for Gentiles. Even Peter, after you know Christ had risen from the dead, still had a problem with Gentiles. I can't go to Cornelius' house. I've never done anything like that. He's a Gentile. I but anyway, he had to learn. All right, so... Um, Okay. Um, okay. Um, verse 35. Jesus heard they had cast him out. And when Jesus had found the former blind man, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. So, he hadn't really seen Jesus until Jesus found him. He wasn't, he had to go to the pool of Siloam to, to wash off and receive his sight. And he came back looking for Jesus, but Jesus was gone. Now Jesus has found him, and um, he, he asks him, if he believes on the Son of God. And the man says, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus answered, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Verse 38. And the blind man said, the former blind man said, Lord, I believe. There's a great sentence. I believe. I believe. And I believe. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I have everlasting life because my faith is on the Son of God for salvation. I believe. And He worshipped Christ. Men, no man in the Bible ever received angels. No, I mean, received worship. No angels ever received worship. Somebody tried to worship an angel, they'd say, stand up, I'm not, I'm not God. That's, that's blasphemy to worship anybody but God. Verse 39, And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into the world that they which see not might see, like this man. That, that I knew I didn't see. I knew I was lost. I knew I was going to hell. I didn't think I was good enough to go to heaven. I didn't know anybody that was, was good enough. I used to say, I, I'm going to... Uh, I wouldn't want to go to heaven because I wouldn't know anybody. But when I found out it was a free gift, I said, Amen. This is a great God that loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, no prejudice at all in God, zero. For judgment I come into the world that they which 
see not might see, and they that which see might be made blind. But the thing is, you condemn yourself. Condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John chapter 3. Two more verses to go. John 9 verse 40. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto Jesus, Are we blind also? I think they answered their own question there. Jesus said unto them, If you are blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. And say no better than the Son of God. And that's basically, you're calling God a liar if you don't believe on Him. For, for God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. You must believe. Without faith it's impossible to please God. By faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Cain just... Hey, I've done this work for you, God. I planted all this stuff. I grew all this stuff. Grain, grain sacrifice is an old sacrifice. Today we sacrifice money, I guess. Our time, whatever. Given it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, measured full. Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remaineth. Behold the Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. Put your faith in Him and He will separate you from your sin as far as the east is from the west. My brother was a pilot. My dad was a pilot. If you fly an airplane north and south around the earth, you pass the North Pole, you're flying south. You fly south until you're flying past the South Pole and you're flying north. But if you fly east, you're never flying west. As far as the east is from the west. He's removed our sins from us. So, can you see? Can you behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world? I did. I said, this is, this is fair. This is more than fair. I don't want fair. I want grace. I want mercy. And it's offered for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, He had me at whosoever, believeth on Him should not perish but have. I have everlasting life. And you could too. And if you do, then maybe you could be motivated to tell other people about Him. Alright, so I'm going to say Adios, I was talking to a Spanish friend yesterday. Adios is more of a, um, a long-term goodbye. Uh, when you say adios, it's like, you know, you might say that as you were going to war or something. Um, but via condios is more, more of see you later, go with God. But anyway, that's what he was telling me. But he spoke about as much English as I spoke Spanish, so I think that's what he said. He was giving me a lesson on that yesterday. But, uh, okay, so, 
I will say long-term adios and short-term vaya con Dios, go with God.